putting me on the spot. Yes. Okay, we're now recording. So welcome all to the Hub Type internal podcast. I've not decided on a name yet. What should we like? I thought like conversation. Let's get conversational. I don't know. Hubcast. Hubcast. <laughs> That's always a a solid one. Or something yeah. along those lines. Um, Ash did prepare some questions. Um, mm -hmm. So for our hub type listeners, why have marketing uh, done a podcast? Well, the idea is that um, as companies grow, we tend to get a little bit more siloed and we don't have as good sort of oversight on what everyone does and what their jobs are and why they do what they do. So we want to do these little like 20 minute uh, podcasts that you can consume whenever you want. Um, we'll go through different people every month or whenever we you know find a spare 20 minutes and today i am joined by joy hello joy well hello gordon so nice to be here yes yes it's such a such a change from our you know usual daily meetings <laughs> <laughs> this time it's you putting me on the spot <laughs> yeah it's a nice change um so for people who don't know joy is originally from lebanon she has a, a master's in marketing from pompeo fabra has about six years of marketing experience. And Joe, you joined us May? You joined Hubtype yeah. May last year? One year ago. Wow. Yeah. What was that like when you first joined? It was interesting, actually, because we were still in full lockdown. You couldn't go out. I remember I had to sneak out to go get my laptop for Mark like a week before I started. And then um, I joined a team that was already there. So it was a bit challenging at the beginning to to gain their trust and to show them that I know what I'm talking about and you know like I have good intentions at heart. <laughs> so it's quite challenging and you know at, whenever you start in a new company, especially when you're starting remote, it's even like double the challenge because you have to do the extra effort about meeting everybody, about making sure you're up to date, uh, Zoom calls here and there. So it was also a bit tiring, but I mean. It was one year ago. It passed super fast. I feel like I've been here for 10 years, actually. <laughs> like a year. It's been a hell of a roller coaster, but it's cool. Um, and everything we've been doing in marketing, I think, has generated somewhat of an impact. And yeah, looking forward to keeping on growing the team and seeing what else we can build. So I thought we'd start with something um, a little bit um, out of left field just again the idea is that this is so people get to know you and uh and a little bit know more about your role i was I, I was creeping on linkedin and all of my questions are, are kind of based on on what i saw on your linkedin <laughs> you I, are that, putting <laughs> I had a look like literally five minutes before this call just been like, oh, i should probably prep something um so i saw way way back you started work life at icebreaker as a customer service rep what was that like that Oh, it was amazing hearing people complain and <laughs> give you shit when it's not your fault. And I mean, I, I am a quite sociable person, but I don't think customer service or client direct client facing roles are for me because as you know already, my temper is quite short, specifically when somebody's trying to annoy me. And <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I started as a customer service rep because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was 20 or 21. Back then I was living in Germany. I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? So I just got this job. I stayed there for like a year. And yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I cannot do anything that's direct, like client facing or customer service was not really something I liked. 
but it was cool because it was then on that um, I discovered that I liked marketing because I was uh, I became friends with one of the marketing uh, girls in the other company, and she would tell me everything they were doing. I was like, oh my god, that's super cool! I want to do that. So that's when I went back to when I came back to Spain. And I did my master's in marketing because obviously I had a degree in sociology and nobody wants to hire a sociologist as a marketeer. <laughs> so I had to go back to school, study for a year. And then, well, I ended up in marketing. And fast forward to 2020, you, you joined Hubtype. Right? Exactly. Simple. Yeah. Um, so if you can just um, tell us a little bit about your role at Hubtype um, and like break down what would be a typical day. Okay, uh, I think a lot of a lot of people know that I always describe marketing as an octopus, mm-hmm. and I like to describe myself as an octopus. Not just the octopus is my favorite animal, but because like marketing is kind of orchestrating a lot of things at the same time, uh, from content to websites to campaigns to sales pitches to sales calls to working on the sales uh, presentation to creating strategies on the long run and so on and so forth. So it's a bit of a dabble of everything. So, I mean, a typical day for me is never a typical day two days in a row, for instance. But, I mean, I would say that I would check my emails, like everybody in the morning, seeing if there's anything urgent, if somebody died or something. (laughs) I don't know why they'd be marketing (laughs) for that, unless they want a really, really good, like, acquisition funnel for the funeral. Yeah, probably. Uh, But like lately, what I've been doing is uh, I do a to-do list uh, every morning. Okay, everything we're doing, what am I supposed to do today to get closer to the goal we're supposed to reach? And uh, it's also a cool way to keep me motivated because then I like, I'm like, okay, done, done, done. So it's kind of like gratification by the end of the day that I've done everything I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, so now I've been working very closely with Sarah for designs, making sure that we have everything up and up and running, that we are designing landing pages and we are designing the ebook and banners for campaigns. Uh, typically I would go into LinkedIn, checking how much we are spending for the campaign that we're currently running. If there's anything else I can, um, work around, read some things here and there just to optimize my knowledge, uh, work on HubSpot and also like manage, uh, I mean, the team making sure that everybody is up to date. So more or less, that's my day. Um, sorry for that, somebody just came to the door. Um, so could you just explain what is what is our goal in HubType for marketing? Like imagine that not a, people can have this understanding that marketing is advertising right but if you could explain you know like to a five-year-old what is the goal of marketing and specifically what is the goal for for hub type marketing is one of the pillars of a company i mean every department is a pillar of the company like it's one of the pillars of the company because it's not about um, spending money and doing campaigns and doing everything pretty but we have to make sure that whatever we are putting out there is adding value to the people who we want to target. Um, we also are like the, the this extra push for the sales team to sell better, to create more demand, to close more deals. And um, I mean, a lot of people think that brand awareness and branding is very useless, that it's nonsense, that it's a waste of time. But actually, B2B buyers are also like B2C buyers. I mean, we're emotional people at the end. And the reason why we buy Coca-Cola and not Pepsi is because we feel more identified to Coca-Cola or Pepsi, for instance. But it's the same thing in B2B. 
because there's a wide range of competitors in the market that probably don't do exactly what we do, but they do something similar, you know, mm -hmm. and people are attracted by the technology, but in the end, they're all emotional buyers. And what branding does in that case is create this identity for the company where people can feel um, identified with, whether it comes through our logo, the colors that we use, our tone of voice, um, the type of content that we promote, we create, the type of ads that we create, and so on and so forth. So it's a very strategical role. I mean, when you work in marketing, you have to have strategy 100% embedded in your head uh, because it's not about what you think is nice, but you have to know uh, who you are targeting, who you're selling to, and know them better than they know themselves. So you can start providing them with this extra value that makes them more likely to purchase you than the other. And interesting enough, yesterday I had a call with LinkedIn and we were talking about um, spend on LinkedIn for ads. Mm -hmm. And uh, she told me that for B2C companies, what they usually recommend is a 50-50 balance between spend on branding brand awareness, and spend on um, acquisition, which is um, lead generation or demand generation. But and for B2B, she told me... When we, just yeah. to break down the terms, what, what do we mean when we say like lead generation? Because if, maybe if you're an engineer, that means nothing to you. Yeah, that's true, actually. Lead <laughs> generation is when we are promoting campaigns and we want people to convert. So they would click on the ad, there would be maybe a web page, which they will fill in their details to be able to consume a specific content that we're promoting, whether it's a guide, it's a how-to list, it's a video, it's a webinar. So something that they want to consume, but um, in return, they have to give us their information. Um, so that's lead generation. We're capturing new interests. And... Like, like you said, the, the, it's very complex. You've got to split it between, you know, like the getting getting people to give you their emails so you can like then contact them and branding, which is more like the emotional side as to why we're unique. If you had a magic wand or, you know, a spell or whatever Harry Potter nonsense you want, and you could fix or create just one thing um, to do with hub type marketing, what would it be? Branding. And what do you mean by that? Like, remember, you can't just you have to pick something specific. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really annoying with this. Like, you can only fix one thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that creating a story behind your brand makes people more inclined to trust you. That's number one. To feel related to you. That's number two. And three, to end up choosing you rather than another software because you spoke to them uh, in a more uh, meaningful way, right? Because in the end, we're also trying to create meaningful conversations at scale, right? So uh, for me, branding and content kind of go hand in hand. Uh, branding does not mean, okay, we're going to use pink instead of blue because it's the color of, I don't know, <laughs> happiness or whatever. But that's not it. That's not it. With branding, we create the personality of Hubtype um, for the external people. And that's usually done through visual elements, through our website, through content that we create, through how we pitch to how we write and how we um, hold our, I mean, how we want to promote ourselves to the external public and um, becoming a bit more engaging in that sense. And that leads me nicely on to the, uh, one okay. of the last questions about marketing is what is a common misconception or myth about marketing that you want to dispel now that you want to put an end to something you hear and makes you go, oh, it's not that. It's so easy to do marketing. <laughs> That's the myth you, you want to dispel. Just write <laughs> and you color. Just write and you color. That's easy. I can do that. So yeah, I get a lot of people 
I'm not saying that to my face directly, but a lot of people dissing the role of marketeers in company. I mean, I've been in other companies where C-level would not believe in marketing. They would always um, take budget away from us, cut our costs, um, reduce the team or, or hire freezing or whatever. Because for them, uh, the immediate gain for a company is sales, which is true, yeah? Because sales is A, B. Marketing's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, <laughs> and so on and so forth. Yeah, and then know, sometimes like, customers go from A to D to C, to, and then you've got right. to try and work out where are we going to try and get these people's attention. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, one of the reasons why I wanted to be in marketing is, one, because it's very strategical, and two, because uh, it kicks my ass every day. Because it's a field that it's in constant um, like improvement and it always evolves, right. especially digital marketing. Um, so you always have to be up to speed with the trend. Like for example, if you haven't used uh, campaigns or, or Google for one year, believe me, it's not the same when you come to use it again. Uh, and that's a challenge that a lot of marketers find. Like when they stop doing something for a specific period of time and they go back to it, it changes. So it's a, it's a very dynamic field. Uh, it's high competition, but I mean, it's also very stressful at times because you launch your campaign and become obsessed with metrics. Like this is not working. This is not working. And then one week later it works. And then you're like, but what happened? You know, it's just about removing a country, adding one euro more or stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, when people tell me, oh, yeah, marketing is easy. We can do without marketing. I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> Even if you cannot show ROI on the spot, like other departments, um, marketing return on investment comes later, like years later and, and, and so on and so forth. I like that. So, yeah, marketing, is, marketing is not easy. I, I, marketing is not easy. I mean, yeah, no. It's only me on this podcast. So, it, you know, you're preaching to the choir, you're preaching to the converted. Yeah. So if other people have comments, feel free to keep them to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> looking at sketches and being, why isn't this keyword positioning? We've did everything right. You're telling me. <laughs> You're telling me. Um, okay, so um, what do you have a tool or a resource that you find absolutely critical for your job? And it doesn't have to be like um, something super technical. It could be, for example, like Spotify. I don't know. Like what do you, what tool or resource do you find that really helps you get through the day to day of getting shit done? Yeah, I mean, I think yesterday whoever was in the office knew that i cannot live without youtube and my music because um when i put my music on i'm like i go into my zone i think a lot of people know that by now so um <laughs> tools i mean i would need my laptop obviously but um yeah I'm, I'm a traditional type of person i still use pen and paper even though it's not ecologically friendly but um, i like to write stuff down and to create like um like to-do lists and like dashboards and like stick them on my wall and just to be like, okay, I have to do this. This has to be happening now and so on and so forth. I like, I mean, we use Trello and Notions and everything, but I still believe in like some old school tools um, are still very, very um, important to have because when you write things down with a pen of paper, it goes into your head. I feel like sometimes when I write on the, on, uh, on my laptop, I forget at some point or it's, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't process the information in the same way than if I write it. So I would say those are my two tools, YouTube and my notebook. Okay. Um, what's one thing you wish you had known when you started your career in marketing? If you could go back in time and speak to Joy, who was just starting in marketing, what's one bit of advice you'd give her? Uh, wow, that's a good question. Give me a minute there to think about it. <laughs> 
uh, I think when I first started marketing, I thought that it's, I mean, this is misconception that everybody has, that it's a very creative role, like, you know, building nice things, being very creative and so on and so forth. But it's not, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's something that I am learning actively as we speak. It's an ethical part of marketing. Telling the younger version of me that joy, marketing is cool because, yeah, you can be creative from time to time, but marketing is about being analytical and, 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 and A-B testing and doing experiences and finding the growth hack. And, yeah, this is a process that I'm, I'm still learning and I'm still um, doing as we speak. But, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people who start in marketing think that, oh, yeah, this is easy. We write content. Oh, cool, creatives. We can work with designers and so on and so forth. But that's just like the tip of the iceberg. As somebody from content, that's like, you know, very much my life. <laughs> no, but even when it comes to no, content, you still want to track what's working, what's not working, so you can provide better content in the future. It's it's a lot more strategic than I think people, and a lot more analytical than people give it um, credit for. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, um, so this one's fun. Um, what is your biggest mistake you've made um on a job it can be any job it can be like a shitty job when you were like from when you were like 17 or it could be like you know when you're working at a SaaS startup what's the the biggest mistake you've made on a job that you want to share <laughs> hey, oh yeah i'm fine biggest mistake and obviously uh, what did you learn from it i think i think i mean it's not maybe the biggest mistake but the first thing that comes in my head is the website project um it's putting putting too much trust in an external company because I mean you saw what happened to the website I mean even if I noticed this beforehand um it's already too late for our listeners but, uh, Joy is describing mistake that wasn't her fault but continue <laughs> no it wasn't my fault because well it wasn't my fault but it was my fault that I did not detect it earlier on because I started believing that what you were saying they're true so I kind of confided in them so, um, yeah, this was a lesson to whenever you work with external people to be like very, very much involved because at the end, it's not their website. They don't give a shit if it breaks or it doesn't. Well, for their reputation, yeah. But in the end, they're not the one losing money on that. We are. It's a, very, so, it's a good lesson to learn. Yeah, lesson, lesson learned. Don't trust external people all the time. They have to prove themselves before you trust them. And I trusted them too soon. <laughs> And uh, yeah, if I had to go back in time, I think I would have mentioned something to them like <laughs> month or two earlier. Be like, hey guys, like, don't you, bullshit me. This you only is get working. one time travel trip. We we can't give you more than one. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but it's fine because now I'm more involved in it. I'm more on top of the numbers, making sure that everything's working fine, which it is. So that's good. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's not the biggest mistake I've done, but it was the first thing that came in my mind. Okay, it was a good one. It's a good one. Well, I, I think it's a. It's a little bit self-critical. I would have picked something, you know, lighter. But <laughs> the thing is, I don't think they were big mistakes. I think I just did like screw ups here and there, you know, like uh, spending too much on a campaign and not monitoring it well, yeah, or, that's, that's or jumping into a, a marketing automation tool in another company out of nowhere, and the entire implementation was wrong. You know, like small mistakes here and there, but there was never something that big that I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> Great. That's really good, especially since, uh, you know, our CEO, Mark, might listen to this. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, I know, you're, uh, I know you, you read a lot and you, you spend a lot of time in um, blogs and articles reading about different topics. So 
my question is if you were to get a budget and you could give one book um and it, everyone in hubtype would receive that book what book would it be oh that's easy the little prince ah why the little prince because i read this book the first time i was nine and i read it again every year and every year it means something different to me like it's a book that's super hard to pin down um the philosophy behind it or the reasoning because at specific points of your life you read the book and the meaning of this book is different and, and it, essentially it's a child's book but i don't think it's a child's book i mean i think it's for adults i've never read it so i i, I might have to pick it up yeah it's really nice and um there's another book that i really like that it's not a book it's actually a, a collection of poems by, by charles baudelaire it's called i don't know how it's a called in English, but in French it's Les Fleurs du Mal, Bad Flowers, I guess. I don't know how you would translate it. I don't know. So it's like a bunch of poems that this very famous French poet wrote. And I used to read it when I was back in school and I fell in love with his poetry because, I mean, he was drunk and high all the time. But <laughs> the way he wrote is very um, descriptive in a nice way, talking about um, his relationship with the, the opposite sex, the beauty uh, in the bad, and so on and so forth. Wow. This, this, this podcast all of a sudden got very cultured. Don't worry, I'll, <laughs> I'll bring it back down. Don't worry. Um, okay, so we've only got two questions left don't, um, before we wrap up. Last one, second last one. If you had a billboard, and I've stolen this from another podcast, if you had a billboard, um, let's say, somewhere in the center of Barcelona and you could put one message on it that you think that you want to transmit to the world and you've only got like a few words because it's a billboard, what would the what would the billboard say? Um, wait. It's a hard one. This. It's a hard one. I have the saying right here, but I want to say it correctly because I have it. Um, it's kind of my motto in life. Yeah, it's um, what you allow is what will continue. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's very what good. You allow yeah. And, I mean, I practice mindfulness on a regular basis, so. Joy. Hidden, I believe that whatever, whatever you put in your head, like whatever perception that you have in your head is what's going to become. And keeping ideas, bad ideas or whatever in your mind um, is going to eventually, you're going to eventually see it everywhere. So. Make sure that your mind is clear and it's filled with beautiful and positive things. <laughs> I kind of wish I'd saved that for last because that was a really nice like message to end on. But now I'm going to bring the tone down a bit with something stupid because <laughs> it's very in character for me. Okay, if it's a zombie apocalypse and you have to pick one other member of the hub type team to help you get to safety, who would you take and why? Wow, okay. <laughs> Because I'm sure he finds solutions everywhere. Who was that? Sorry, I, I spoke over you. Eric, Eric, CTO. Okay, you're taking Eric. And what, why is that? Do you think he's going to be particularly good with an axe? Or I feel he is constantly calm. <laughs> he's very well, like, he doesn't lose his shit. <laughs> and I feel like it'd be somebody who's going to be comforting me when I'll be panicking. <laughs> and I feel like he knows how to take, like, smart decisions specifically in bad times <laughs> it, it couldn't get know, much worse it's not the case but that's the image that i see to be fair in the first months of 2020 i thought we might be heading to a zombie apocalypse so 
relevant question. There you go, Eric. If you're listening, you are potentially going to be the savior of joy if the zombies ever come. <laughs> and that kind of wraps it up, Joy. I don't know if you've got any questions you want to put out to all five people who will listen, two of which will be me and you. <laughs> Can you imagine? It'd be so weird listening to my voice. No, no, no questions. I think that was really cool. That was very light. It kind of broke the busy day that I had. But, uh, yeah, we should keep it going. It'd be interesting to see somebody from the tech team. Um, yeah. Podcast. See what the nerds have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for joining us, guys. Bye. Thanks. That's just for the outro, by the way. I'm just going to say bye and then cut it. I'm not actually expecting. And I'm going to stop the recording. <laughs>